Is my off season over? Many people get antsy this time of year and want to get back into the swing of training. We are about two to six weeks after a lot of the major marathons and big fall races. And this might be a question that you are starting to ask yourselves in the upcoming weeks. We want to chat about how to get back into doing some workouts and make sure that you set yourself up for success in 2024 by not overdoing it during this time and making sure we're easing back in appropriately based on your background and goals. Some of the things we're going to be covering in this episode are evaluating when was the last time you took an off season because that really does come into play here. We're also gonna talk about the best workouts you can do to ease back into things. So a big mistake that we often see runners do is just going all in with workouts again. But we're gonna talk about the best way that you can ease back into things and our recommendations for what those workouts are. We're also gonna talk about easy running and we're gonna talk about how this is actually a really good time to build other good habits. So if you're feeling antsy during this time to really ramp back into things and get your mileage sky high again, we might wanna refocus and try to use some of that time and energy towards focusing on other goals. Oftentimes when we are in the middle of marathon training, our nutrition, our strength, um, mobility work, all those things eventually over time fall to the wayside as we make room for those really long runs, the 10 mile midday work or midweek workouts, that 20 mile long run. It's really a lot and it can be overwhelming for athletes. Oftentimes when we get to the end of that training cycle, we're feeling pretty fatigued and tired from the idea of training, all of those things. And now as we're getting back into things, this is actually the best possible time to really dial in and focus on nutrition, strength, all of those things, setting up that foundation for success, making sure that we're gaining back any strength that we lost over that training cycle if it did fall to the back burner. Um, and this is a really good time to zone in and focus on those things. All right, so the first thing to kind of think about here is just you know your off season as, as a whole um, and, and planning ahead, so forecasting for the next season. So thinking about when was the last time you took time off, um, what's the, you know, what's on the horizon for you in terms of races? Are you gonna jump in another marathon cycle? Are you gonna take time off from doing a half or a full and you're gonna focus more on speed? So these are all kind of the, the cool things you get to think about during the off season and as you start to get back into running again. So following a marathon, you know, training or training cycle or marathon race, you should be taking a couple weeks off. And then as you ease back into things, you know, it's, it's best to not have like a race yet on the calendar in the next, you know, few weeks, because you want to allow yourself time to um, start up again and maybe start gaining some fitness before you have another uh, race. And so um, it's a, it's a good time to sort of hit the reset button. And as you mentioned, focus on some other things, but really this will be a time for you to sort of let the training and the next few weeks dictate um, what you're going to decide to do, right? So let's say you start running and you're, you're feeling really good. Well, now you might, um, 
maybe you're motivated to go after like a 5k time because you haven't done that in several years mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing or maybe you're not feeling so good it's taking you longer to recover than you thought it might well this buys you some extra time and allows you to just maybe maybe back off a little bit or hold off on doing workouts and just ease back into things and then you don't have a race on the calendar that you have to be ready for and i see this so much with some of my athletes it's like they they sign up for this race or it's their hometown race and they don't want to miss out and so they'll do it no matter what um, and kind of sacrifice the training that they could be doing instead. Yeah, I definitely think there's two different camps of athletes out there, right? There's those kind of with tendencies like myself. I don't like to sign up for too many races in advance. Like I'd rather have a clean slate, nothing really on the schedule going into the new year. But then there are a lot of people Um, A lot of my athletes included who registered for Boston, they're looking forward to entering that Chicago lottery. Um, And some people have already committed to spring marathons, um, even after doing a fall marathon, which I always think is tough because when you're committing to a spring marathon, um, either right before you do a fall marathon or right after, it's tough because you don't really know how you're going to feel come this time of year or come, you know, January, February, right, when we really have to start ramping things up. And I do think it's important to really look retroactively back at your history, right, before we go start diving into things because I've seen it so often. I mean, we've been doing, this will be the 10th year of Run for PRs, right? And so I started to notice patterns with athletes, Um, I've worked with some people for like seven, eight years, which is great, right? When they have the longevity in the sport and they're able to take those seasons as they come and not have marathon, 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 like every six months. Mm -hmm. Um, Oftentimes you do get athletes that really want to do marathons every six months, right? Despite, you know, any sort of feedback or that sort of thing. And it can be really challenging to do that. And I think... Where a lot of people get stuck in this trap, I call it a trap, but it's really not. Um, When you start qualifying for Boston for the first time and, okay, you run Boston once, then it's like almost something you want to do every year. We see this happen quite often. And so what ends up happening is there's a camp of people that will want to do Boston in the spring and then a marathon in the fall as well. And that might work for you know, a year or two. Um, Some people are unicorns too. Like some people, they can do that and still improve for a while. But I think over time, the patterns that I've seen happen just through my coaching and in the running community is that it does really start to wear people out. And I know people who've done the Boston Marathon like 10 years in a row, right? And they've admitted to me like, I hate it. Like I hate doing it. And it becomes this like, drudgery of like why am I even doing this and so we always want to evaluate like do we still want to really do these things and I think it's okay and I actually think it's really good for people to reevaluate their goals I'm not saying like if you're signing for Boston don't do it but what I am saying is okay last year for example I had an athlete come out of a fall marathon and was like I'm doing an April marathon 100% and you know we kind of discuss things and it was actually an okay plan for her because she hadn't done a marathon and it was like her first marathon in two years that fall. So I was like, okay, you could do two back to back, like no biggie. 
Um, she kind of continued on that path until about like February. Then she's like, you know what? I think I'm going to drop to the half. And that evaluation just came from realizing like what that would entail, right? So she did the marathon in the fall. She PR'd. Um, she saw that improvement she wanted to see. But as she started ramping up and training for the marathon again, she was like, I don't want to do this. I, mm. It's so mentally, um, not mentally challenging, but it can be really mentally draining to train for a marathon if your heart isn't in it and you don't 100% want to do it. And so I think she was just at a place where she was like, you know what? I want to do the half instead. And giving yourself yeah. the permission to actually switch the race you're signed up for, it's pretty rare. I do see it happen. I, I encourage it whenever someone wants to do that because I think that's the best possible thing you can do for yourself is have that flexibility available. She ended up running her fastest ever halftime, really blew it out of the water even on a really tough weather day. And she was super happy with her decision to switch and not do the full marathon. Um, would she have probably been able to PR in the marathon? Yeah, but it was about what did she want to do? What do you want to do? And so that's why I think it's good to keep an open mind during the next couple of months and give yourself permission. See how things shake out because you might have thought in October that you really wanted to do something, but in January, Maybe you have a change of heart. And I think it's okay to allow yourself room to change. And like you said, maybe there's some potential you might be leaving on the table if you aren't letting yourself have that flexibility. Because how often is it that we let ourselves change our mind? We right. let ourselves do something a little bit different. I think that a lot of people think that's risky or mm -hmm. they might think, oh, um, they might shame themselves and think, you know, I, I need to stick this out. Or they view it as like quitting, where I would view it more as you're reevaluating your long-term goals and making a path of success to get you there faster. Because you might actually get to what your long-term goal is faster by foregoing this, right. you know, spring event that you thought would help you, but now you're really reflecting and thinking, oh, actually I wanna work on my speed and then I want to crush it in the fall in a marathon. Um, there's different ways to get to that path. And sometimes it's not the most, you know, glamorous thing. Like it's not going to be, people aren't going to be like, oh my gosh, you're doing a marathon. Like, yeah, you're, maybe you're going to do 5Ks for a little while. But eventually, you know, that fitness, that VO2 max increasing is going to pay off further on down the road. Right. Yeah. I, I like how you you know, mention that a lot of times people, well, the people that maybe aren't quite in the BQ camp, so maybe they're trying to BQ, right? Oh. They have this sense of like, I have to do this next marathon yes. so that I'm continuing to, you know, I just keep getting experience, right? In the marathon, and eventually my times are just going to keep getting faster and faster. And so, you know, you don't, you don't have to, um, you're, you can get faster without doing marathon after marathon. So you don't need to do two marathons a year, three marathons a year. You could do one a year, you could take a year off in marathoning and still get faster as long as you are consistent with training. So you mentioned training for a half instead or training for a speed, right? Doing that is going to help you grow as a runner and actually might even give you like an extra boost when you get back in the marathon training cycle because you might realize, oh, I really enjoyed that time off and, and I'm, I'm better, more well equipped to start building up my long runs again and they don't feel like such, 
they don't feel as daunting, right? Like I'm not dreading it. And so there's a lot of benefits, I think, to, you know, as you mentioned, to uh, not be so rigid with yourself and being flexible and being open to trying something new with your training. Right. And how we talked a couple weeks on previous episode about like getting stuck in that that cycle of where we're at right now, right? We're in an off season. So what are we at? We're detraining. We're not gaining fitness at this current point. And I always say the longer you can be consistent with your training, not your racing, with just training, no races, right? Just train. You're doing your hard workout twice per week and you're doing your easy runs 80% of the time and you're doing that week after week, month after month. You're gradually increasing your mileage. You're gradually making your workouts harder. Over time, you're building. You're like climbing up this mountain, right? The longer you can do that, the higher up the mountain you're going, the higher the peak you're getting. And then when it is time to race, or let's say you're gonna do some little A, B races, like a 5K, it's a small dip, right? You only have to take like a little four day taper for that Mm -hmm. and maybe like a day or two recovery. And then we just keep climbing. We're gonna keep going up the mountain. Whereas if you do the alternative, right? So we're doing marathons every six months, that's the alternative. It would be like, okay, you have, Okay, you have an off season for two months. Then you have three months to climb back up the mountain, one month to taper. Okay, you're not really high up the mountain at this point. You're just, you just kind of went up a hill. Um, So I like to think, let's go up the mountain. Let's go up a really big mountain. I want to see like how big that fitness can build before we, before we come down the mountain, right? Like, because it, it is kind of sad when you're just getting started, you're just getting momentum and then, oh, let's race. And it's like, we don't, we haven't gained a lot of fitness and we can do it. But um, unless there's a lot of other variables that have changed, like we're going to go after a pacing plan. We're going to run like a really fast course. Um, you've corrected maybe some like mental training things that were hang up. Maybe your last marathon, you did it in like 90 degrees and you didn't reach your potential. Then though, these are like reasons for why you might, okay, yeah, maybe after a couple months, like let's do it again because we're going to see a more drastic improvement. Because I think people really, they want that drastic improvement. They want, how can I get to that, that place? Um, so I think when we're in this off season, we're sitting here in December, one really good thing to ask yourself was like, when was the last time I took two to four months without doing any workouts? Um, if you can't remember time in recent history, like in the last two years, now is a good time to maybe like extend that off season. Even if you are training for a spring marathon, you might actually get more benefit from taking one additional month of no workouts than you would driving back into things right now. Cause I was saying, okay, we're in December. If even if you're training for Boston, right? You don't really need to start training for that until like end of January. There's a lot of people that do like a January marathon and then do Boston. So really you don't need to be in marathon shape till like February. So let's just take the rest of December still chill and not not build. The reason being is I, I really don't want people to get burned out. I don't want people to be in that cycle of their legs are fatigued or mentally they're not in it, that sort of thing. So if you can't remember a recent time, I always think for longevity purposes, it's really good to give yourself that extended little break or off season from doing workouts. We do need to take that macro level rest if we want that longevity in the sport. So if you're in the other camp, like maybe you 
had a baby a year ago and this year was like okay I just came after time off like I've already taken extended time off like I just want to train I want to keep going I want to keep building climbing up that mountain um I think the best workouts to ease back into some training would be uh fart legs right so fart legs something really unstructured I think so often when we're in marathon training um we're thinking back to like our peak (laughs) workouts that are like six by one mile, eight by one K. I mean, these are big, big workouts and they require like very precise um, pacing and all those things. When we say fartlek, there's a lot of different definitions out there, but I like to go where there's like no paces, right? I don't like to prescribe paces for fartlek. Fartlek is more of like, just go off of effort. And for that first run back, maybe you're doing like eight by one minute, pickups and so that doesn't mean one minute all out that doesn't mean one minute at one mile pace that doesn't mean one minute at 5k pace that means like maybe we're going marathon effort for one minute because the idea is to like get your body used to like going fast again and wherever that pace lies Mm -hmm. like maybe that's marathon pace maybe it's half marathon pace maybe if you're feeling crazy like maybe you are thrown down to 3k one mile pace i don't know but the idea is you don't have to like have a prescribed pace right. and you don't have to like really push it. It's just a fart like it's loose. It's like we're just playing with speed because it is yeah, speed play. Speed play. That's what a fart like is. Um but and then also being aware of like how much of the run you're doing at that fast pace. We don't want to be doing too much too soon, right? So if you are choosing on this 8 by 1 minute to go at like 5k or one mile pace bear in mind that that's a pretty aggressive workout so we want to just be cautious we don't want to be doing a ton of work at one mile pace i always think if you're framing up a workout you don't want to do more duration than you would in a race at that pace right so let's say you're going one mile pace we don't want to do more than you would be in a race for a one mile at one mile pace. So if you're a one mile PR six minutes, I don't want someone to do more than six minutes in a workout at one mile pace. So let's do five by one minute at one mile pace. So that's what you want to do. Um, okay, if it's a 5K and you do a 25 minute 5K, we don't want to do more than 25 minutes of work at that 5K pace. I mean, that's like the upper limit. Like those are kind of limitations, right? So we don't want to do too much too soon. The other workout that's really great um, is a progression run. So again, these don't really have a lot of prescribed paces. It's more effort-based. And that's really the theme for what you wanna do when you're coming back into training. Um, So it's really starting at like your easy pace and every mile just progressively getting faster. And you might choose to end that close to marathon pace, maybe half marathon pace. Uh, but you don't even have to end it that fast. You can just end it still at an easy pace. It's all about like how you're feeling on any given day. Yep. So these are two good, you know, intro workouts when you're starting back up again. You know, I think back to college and our coach would have us go out and do Farlick and, you know, we didn't have GPS watches. So it was just sort of a, you know, you use the watch to kind of gauge um, when you're going to start it and finish each, each one and you just go off effort, like you were saying. Um, and that allows us to kind of get back into having to be patient and learning to pace ourselves, knowing if we're doing like six of these reps, 
you know, I need to save some in the tank and that sort of thing. Progression run, same thing. We would do a lot of like out and back runs where they'd be like, well, for 20 minutes and make it back here in 17 or 18 minutes. You know, that would be an example, right? And so you could do it like that where it's a half and half or it could be a mile by mile if you're using um, your GPS watch to track that. Um, but the goal here is really to change up the workouts that you're doing, not put a lot of pressure on yourself to hit the same paces or the same types of workouts you were doing. Like you said, during the marathon training cycle or half marathon cycle, like the longer threshold or steady state workouts, it's it's time to do something new and to kind of mm. ease back in. And then after a few weeks, I think it's also a good time to in, in, incorporate some hill training. So hill training is good mm. for the off season or the early seat stages of your season. Um, Cause it might be something you lack during your, your season, right? During the training cycle that you had. Let's say you were training for a flat marathon or you live in the South, maybe there's no, you know, there wasn't m- much opportunities to get on hills. Well, this could be a time now to short, sort of challenge yourself and, and um, throw in some hills so that you can work on, um, you know, power and um, adjusting your gait and working on strength in that, in that way. Yeah, they say hills are really good like pre-season workout to do uh, along with like the fart looks right so anything that's really that like raw speed I think is a good good approach working on that power again so if you did marathon training you probably didn't do a lot of stuff like working that vo2 max so like you were saying trying to mix things up and doing like a different type of workout can be highly beneficial because it's new stress stimuli it's helping your body kind of re-engage and when you're doing stuff like the hill repeats you're um recruiting more of the muscle fibers and maybe like new muscles that uh were dormant turned off Mm -hmm. when you're going at those easy paces your body can do that like really efficiently and sometimes what will happen like when we see pts they often say you know a lot of runners will have their glutes quote unquote turned off and basically what that means is like the whole muscle isn't firing and so you're not utilizing the entire glute Um, which can lead to other things along the chain flaring up and it's not really a great thing to have happen and these things often will happen because runners don't do those high power moves high exercise like where you're doing the hills you're not recruiting all of those muscle fibers and so they kind of get dormant they're like oh i guess we don't need to get used <laughs> and so mm-hmm. they just they don't um that mind body connection starts to get weaker and weaker and over time um our running can be affected by that because if we're not utilizing the entire muscle it's like well, what are we missing out on there? Um, another great thing, you know, obviously we can do strides, hill work, fart legs, but just strength training, right? So going back to that, I think we mentioned building those good habits. This could be a really good time for you to do some of those visits that maybe we were putting off during marathon training. So like seeking out a PT, or maybe you want to go into a gym and work with a personal trainer. Maybe you want to take your accountability, your training to that next level. And sometimes that requires hiring professionals. Maybe you've had like feet issues in the past. Like maybe this requires getting a gait analysis by Mm, a PT or maybe going to a podiatrist to get some of these things looked at. Um, You don't have to wait until you're in pain or injured to go seek out these professionals. They are there to be resources to you to help you um, be able to perform to your best. And there's a lot of like clinics out there that actually specialize in these areas and they can help you 
correct imbalances and take things to the next level. And even I visited the podiatrist once and they did like a whole gait analysis, recommended shoes, recommended exercises for my feet. I didn't even really realize you could do feet exercises. And it's really crazy to think of all of the little things like along the chain of your body Mm -hmm. that you can work on to help, um, help your body just stay youthful for longer and stay strong for longer. Um, even just the little things you don't think about, like mobility of your toes. I didn't realize like how critical and important that is. And I know there's Um, these like new toe separators out there. And whenever I go to my yoga classes, there's this one person that wears them every time. And it's just to like help strengthen the feet. And I think a lot of runners spend a lot of time wearing shoes and having strong feet um, is really important for longevity. And one of the reasons being they told me it was because uh, you can start developing arthritis in your feet if they're not strong. And so like arthritis in your big toe is very common and that can lead to <clears throat> issues along the chain of the foot such as plantar fasciitis and all of those things. So everything is interconnected. And so when we neglect like small things that we don't think are going to make a big, big difference over time, they can erode and kind of get you. Yeah, this this is a perfect time really to, you know, like you said, figure out um, what are the things maybe you've been neglecting and um, start creating better habits in these areas, right? So starting something that you're going to be able to be consistent with and sustain it during your next training cycle. So maybe you weren't really doing lifting, now you're going to commit to doing it, you know, 20 or 30 minutes, two to three days a week. You have that trainer that you're going to be working out with on this day or whatever it is, right? Figuring out what is it you're going to commit to that's going to help maybe take your running to the next level. Maybe it's with your nutrition. You know, you've committed to, you know, meal prepping or doing doing more planning with your, your cooking, your meals, and getting more calories in that way. Right. So it could be something like that or it could be uh, less technology, going to bed earlier, getting, you know, Ooh. getting up earlier in the morning. Really good one. All of these small things that can maybe help, you know, give you that extra edge and, and um i think like you mentioned there's so much with like strength and mobility and like pt and that is like almost its its entire little area (laughs) that needs to supplement your running especially as you age because um a lot of times when we're running we are you know you you mentioned how if you take time off of yoga and you go back there you feel like you're so inflexible right so it's it can be very like hard on the body i think and um another thing i was going to say is you know one thing i implemented back in 2016 was going to those regular yoga classes with you and I don't mm. think I ever felt better heading into, uh, that was 2015 actually, heading into Boston that year. Mm. Um, I just felt so strong and it was just one extra thing that I added in once a week. So, Right. Yeah. And that's debatably like your best marathon. I mean, 249 right. versus Chicago 246. So yeah, I mean, I think it does really make a big difference. Like doing all those little things, not only in your performance, but in like how you're feeling overall. So like, yes, the more things that you're implementing, like the more time consuming it can be. But for example, like, yeah, when I do go to a yoga class, I feel really sore, tight going in and I'm like, oh, what's the point? This is, you know, you have that type of attitude. And then after I'm done, I'm like, wow, I literally feel like I just took a rest day because it's doing something that like I'm not getting elsewhere. And like you were saying, like as you get older, I think I notice those things more and more. And honestly, I've even thought to myself sometimes, gosh, I feel like I could spend, I feel like everyone, everyone, especially if you're over the age of 30, could spend 
like literally all day long just like caring for your body because there are so many little things you can do to like feel better and like do better nutrition wise and just like with mobility and everything because we have desk jobs like you sit around bad posture um there's just a lot of things i think that we do in our day-to-day lives as humans living in 2023 that are not really what we did back in the day right when we kind of first um evolved as humans so i do think that it is it is hard on the body to sit for you know eight plus hours a day a lot of people with the desk jobs and so these are all good things to think about not only just from like a running perspective but like a longevity and health perspective as well. Just thinking, like, what are the things I can do to, like, feel better, um, not only for my running, but just for the rest of my life. Because if you feel good in general, um, I think you're going to perform better with your running for sure. Yeah, you know, I this is great that we're talking about health in general and as we age. And it kind of reminds me of something we saw on, on Instagram recently is a, a woman that ran a PR at age 59, right? Oh, my gosh. And it just kind of got me thinking of, like, I, I doubt she changed a whole lot in her training because we looked back at her times and they were very consistent so when she was, like, in her lower 50s. Yep. But she must have made some sort of changes and just stuck with it. And, um, you know, maybe maybe she did focus on speed for a little bit. We don't know, Jenny right? Hitchings. But Yeah, she was 59. She ran two, 245, 246, right? 245, yeah. something at London. Um insane and i'm just like hot like that is that is so impressive to me i i can't think of anything that's like more impressive. age group just, world record isn't it or oh least, yeah, yeah yeah i think she's she's American always American. setting like age group world records it seems like she's really um just she's just a beast and that's really cool to see someone um performing at such a high level at at that age and like smashing those age group records um i'm always really impressed especially with like a lot of the people around here um there's like USATF races and you always see like these guys that are showing up year after year and back in the day like they used to be in their 50s and we used to think wow they're so fast still and now they're like in their 60s and they're still crushing it running like sub 120 and the half and it's just it's crazy yeah and you know it kind (laughs) of reminds me that like you know our our name is run for PRs but you're not always running to get a personal record you're just running to challenge yourself at the stage you're at right now and so whatever that looks like for you in this current moment, like it could be, you know, feeling stronger in this next training cycle or maybe getting back to a time you ran four years ago or eight years ago or whatever. It's not always about running a PR. And so um, you can have little Mm -hmm. victories along the way just by uh, making some small changes or, um, you know, committing to a new challenge that's going to help you, you know, kind of break through or reach a new, a new height. But Right. It's all about trying to get the most out of yourself. And whether that is the fastest you've ever ran or whether that's just improving incrementally on where you're at or just trying to maintain because eventually you get to a certain age, we're right. It's about more about like maintenance and, and just trying to, you know, run the best you possibly can given the circumstances. And sometimes your goals change, right? So sometimes it's like it's taking a step back is the most healthy thing you can do. I know a couple of people that have really burnt themselves out with running, um, maybe in their 20s or doing like competitive running in college. And then they just they have to take a step back. And then when they come back into it, they want to have like a more healthy relationship. So again, that's like doing it the best that you possibly can. Like what's the best way that running can fit into your life? And how can you challenge yourself to be a better person in all regards with your running and how it matches with your life, right? So you might not have goals to run fast times or to break personal records. It might just be more of like the love of the sport, pushing yourself and enjoying running, right? Um, Because sometimes people, they have just really 
run themselves into the ground and they don't find that enjoyment anymore. And so sometimes it's about getting back to just enjoying things. And you can still push yourself, but not putting like such a weight of the world on your shoulders pressure. Um, and it just really changes your perspective with running. Uh, but this has been a really good episode about the off season and just really evaluating how you feel in general about your running and your goals, especially going into the new year. It is really good to give yourself that flexibility and to really let yourself assess like how the last year has gone and how things are going in the future. Like where do you want to see yourself um, and spend some time reflecting. I mean, maybe your first instinct in the fall was I want to sign up for all these races, but give yourself that flexibility to really be open-minded in the new year and try to evaluate like what are your goals are they time related are you trying to get more to the enjoyment of running again um and then try to use that as a north star for setting goals for the new year if you are interested in chatting with a coach getting some outside perspective and support with your training we would love to get to know more about you your background and your running goals you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com to have a free consultation with a coach. You can also get a free seven-day trial working with a coach. Again, that's www.runforprs.com. Thanks for tuning in.